Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. You are a humble person. Why do you need a personal brand? Today on episode three of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Jay Franzi, who will share with you how to stand out in whatever profession you are seeking greater success. Let's talk personal branding and how it relates to personal leadership development. Welcome, friends. Several years ago, I attended a local Chamber of Commerce Business Development University seminar, and it was on personal branding. I vividly remember one of the speakers because he was becoming a personal friend of mine, and I hadn't heard of personal branding before. He spoke of being unique, and he was living that. He had a signature haircut, he had a giant wristwatch, and he had some stylish shirts with his company logo on them. He spoke of his big heart for giving back to the community through social, uh, his charities, uh, through his business, and he reminded us that We're always being watched through our social media posts and when in networking or personal business situations. It was really intriguing, and that's why I'm excited about chatting about personal branding with our guest for this episode, developing, nailing your elevator speech when introduced, speaking from authentic confidence, and from that base, increasing your influence. So my guest today is personal brand strategist Jay Franzi. Here's a little bit about Jay. He was born and raised in a suburb of Boston. Jay spent his early years building his passion for leadership development with a focus on the entertainment industry. After graduating from college, Jay moved to Nashville to work in Music City, building a name for himself during his 25 plus years as a leader in the industry. Jay's an author, speaker, coach with a passion for leadership development. That's why, of course, I connected to him right away because those are those are my things too. And uh, his coaching focuses on personal branding and leadership development, leading people and teams to reach their maximum potential through strategic coaching. Jay also has spent over a decade in the security industry, including time spent as a vice president of strategic account operations at G4S Secure Solutions, the largest security firm in the world. Jay's written four books. We're going to talk about at least one of those today, countless articles on leadership development in the modern day. He currently lives outside Cincinnati with his lovely wife, Jennifer, and his two beautiful daughters, Bella and Lucy, and their two dogs, Charlie and Zoe. And since I have a new puppy named Gizmo, uh, we we are on team dog right now. So I also had the privilege to appear on uh, Jay's podcast, Franzi and Friends, just recently. Lots of fun banter with your team there, Jay. That was fun. <laughs> well, thank you. That's one hell of an intro. Thank you very much. <laughs> now you got to live up to it, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be possible, but I'll try. <laughs> well, Jay, let's start with what attracted you to the world of personal branding, and why did you choose to land on that as your business niche? Oh, sure. That's a great question, and it <clears throat> it starts in a couple different ways for me. I've worked in some form of leadership for the past 30 years. I worked in the entertainment industry uh, for 25 plus years. I worked in the security industry for 10 years. And during my time in the entertainment industry, it took a while to work my way up. 
I didn't have any formal mentors. I didn't have any, anybody to, to lend any sort of assistance. So it took quite a while for me to figure out how to get up there and how to work my way up. And once I did, I realized, you know what, this can apply to any industry anywhere. It doesn't really need to be the entertainment industry. So when it did come time for me to have an opportunity to work in the security industry, I said, I'm going to go ahead and try, the, try these same principles and apply them to this path. And I was. And within five years, I was able to move my way up and become the VP of strategic accounts. So it was definitely something worth doing. And during that time, I had several thousands of officers working for me. And we'd have new recruits coming in every single week. And I took that time to go in and introduce myself to those new recruits. And at first, it was just, you know, hello, how are you? Thank you for coming on. But eventually, it was, I noticed they were looking for more. They were looking for opportunities for themselves. Nobody ever walked into a security industry saying, I want to be a security guard, and this is my life's lifelong <laughs> dream. So I tried to let them know, hey, I know we... I know we're all brought to this industry into this position at different times in our life for different reasons, but let me show you how you can turn this job into a career. And I did, and I started working with them and I started working with them with groups and then one-on-one. -on -one. And then it got to be so much that I had to, I couldn't do it during the workday any longer. So I created a Wednesday night session after hours to anybody who wanted to show up. You could be the, the day one officer to the seasoned manager. And when they came in, I would go ahead and give them coaching advice, mentorship, anything from developing their resume to get to that next level within the corporation or what skills they needed to get to that next position. That is so cool. I mean, I, well, first of all, I love the uh, work your way up story that you lived out because I don't, have you noticed Jay, that it seems like current generations feel like it needs to be a little bit more instantaneous with their career jump. Have you noticed that? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt, especially when I walk into the room of new officers who are sometimes young, right? We either get them young, right out of school, starting their career or on their older stages where they're looking for something to do when retired. So the younger ones coming in, when we talk about career development and uh, career path, they want it tomorrow. You know, what can I do to get this position tomorrow? And it doesn't happen that way. There's, there's things you have to learn. There's uh, stuff that you have to go through, software you have to learn how to use. And there's a lot more development that goes into it. And it does take time. You're 100% right. Kudos to you for doing that Wednesday night session. I mean, I, that would have been something I would have just jumped on myself uh, as an achiever uh, on the strengths finder. It's like, <laughs> I would be like all over that. What kinds of stuff did you, did you teach in those Wednesday night sessions? No, I mean, we started off simple, like I mentioned, with resumes or how to develop your LinkedIn okay. profile, things that would to lend some sort of attraction to you. But then we got into management development or the software that they needed. We dealt with managing clients and how many clients you were to manage would be how big your portfolio is, which would mean what position or what rank you would let you would get to. So if you had say one client, you might be an account manager or site supervisor. But if you had multiple clients, you might work your way into a, a regional manager or eventually become an operations manager or even a VP or so on and so forth. It's all based on the number of hours of service that you provide. So when I started, I started with, I think it was 127 or 128 hours of service. 
And by the time I finished, it was at 356,000. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a, a very large number. And when you tell somebody that like these new recruits who come in and say, Hey, I want to, I want to be the new leader. I can do, I can do what you're doing. It's like, yeah, you can, but it takes a lot of coordination and you have to learn how to apply that formula to each and every one of your clients. And you have to stay on top of those clients. And there's just so much more involved. And those are the skills that we would try to teach people. How do you handle one client? Then how do you handle two and so forth? 356,000. <laughs> I, I tried to figure out how many hours of coaching that I've done in my uh, career, in my business. And I think I came up with 3,400 hours of coaching, which you know, to, to someone starting in would be like, wow, but compared to that, it's a different kind of a wow. <laughs> well, well, those are service hours, right? So we're dealing with a client. Right, uh, right. If you're dealing with a client that's 336, that means that there's two people around the clock throughout the week. Gotcha. So we have to teach people, how do you schedule for having two people around the clock seven days a week? You know, and then what, who's running the show? Who's putting the schedule together? Who's handling your payroll? Who's taking care of your client? You know, who's overseeing the site, who's walking around and doing the patrols, who's driving the car. So there's quite a bit of stuff that goes into that. It's more than just what, what the person coming in off the street says, oh, I want to be the next manager. <laughs> well, maybe a good way to help us all understand personal branding, Jay, is to discuss how you discovered and have developed the Jay Franzi brand. Could you do that for us? Sure. No. This is, to me, the heart of what makes me move and the passion where my passion comes from. So when I worked in the entertainment industry, I had no mentors, no formal mentors, as we mentioned. So I started in my hometown. I went to school. I got an engineering degree or certificate certified in audio engineering. And I went back to my hometown of Boston and I tried to find the studios. There was two of them. And when I went to them and said, here I am, I'm holding a piece of paper. I am qualified to work here now. Please hire me. And they looked at me and said, sure, you can be a freelance engineer. And I said, fantastic. What's freelance? I had no idea what freelance was at the time. I was young and dumb. And come to find out real quick, it meant I have to go bring in my own work. If I bring in my own work, they'll let me work there. So I spent all of my time trying to drum up work and trying to develop a clientele. And during the day, I worked at the one studio doing books on tape, recording books on tape for people. And then at night I was recording rock bands right across the street. And then I would try to find some way to sleep. And I would do this just to learn the systems and learn how to use their equipment and so on. And then once I outgrew that, I moved to New York and I wanted to do a little bit bigger and a little bit better. So I moved to New York and I applied the same principles. And after a little bit of time, I was able to grow and outgrow working in that area. So then I figured, okay, now it's time to go for the, the Super Bowl of the engineering world, and I'm going to move to Nashville. So I moved to Nashville, and it took time. It took a lot of time to work my way up. But I did two things that really helped me. I identified three producers that I was able to work with that would take me on and allow me to work with them. And I found a school that would allow me to teach at it. So by teaching at the school, that gave me the credibility to go out and get the three people that would allow me to work with them. So I said, okay, this is good. But then I noticed the students weren't giving me respect. So I'm like, why aren't the students giving me respect? I said, okay, they don't trust me at this point. So I 
during my time in school, I put together about a two inch binder, two inch thick binder of notes. And everybody always wanted to borrow those notes. So I turned those notes into a book. And then instantly I got all the respect for my students. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I see that works. What can I do next? And then I worked with the engineers in town who were producing big records and I was working with them and probably had no business being in the room at that point, but eventually worked my way up to be skilled enough to earn my keep. And I noticed that the engineers weren't doing anything to attract new business to themselves. They were just relying 100% on the last project they worked on. So if you work on the last project, you're, they always say you're only as good as the last project you yep. work on. Well, there's more to it than that. What can you do to attract people to you? You've built this huge name for yourselves. Why aren't you somehow getting that out there? So then I started doing that for them. And I was like, okay, this is, again, a formula. There's a system here. And I, I've somehow figured out a way that it works, and I enjoy doing it. So that's when I went ahead and did it in the transportation industry, and then I moved to the security industry, applying the same principles. And then each time when I reached the top, I coached the people beneath me to work their way up, mm -hmm. eventually working my way out of a job at all times. But that's the goal. Man, I love that coach coaching. When you get to the top, you turn around and you mentor or you coach someone else. So grow forward today, listeners, you, you never learn more than when you have to teach it. And so <laughs> Jay learned that way. And he also learned that uh, a book gives you some credibility. And I, and I bet you, if you're listening to this podcast, you got a book in you, not everybody, but a lot of people have a book in them and getting down those notes uh, on a piece of paper starts making it real. Did that, is that when it started becoming real to you, Jay, when we started writing all those in that notebook and then said, well, I got enough content here. No, it's funny. I, like I said, it was about two inches of notes throughout my entire time at the school. It wasn't the notes I would take for class. It was notes that I say, okay, I'm doing this in class. Oh, this is really, this is really cool. I should remember this. And I'd write it down in this notebook. And then I go back to my class. And when I get that next gem, oh, that's go, that goes in the book. And I created this notebook uh, specifically around the software that the, it's the industry standard recording software. It's called Pro Tools. And I specifically put my heart and soul into that piece of software. I just loved it. I love technology. I love doing it. And everybody always asked, oh, can I borrow those notes? Because in the world of engineering, you can get Pro Tools certified. And that is very similar to like an accountant becoming a CPA or so on. It's the industry standard benchmark. And when people want to take that test, it's not easy. So they want a cheat sheet. They want something to study. And th those notes allowed them to have that cheat sheet. So that's when I realized, huh, I could just make this a book. And I did. And I made it a book. And I didn't realize the power of that book until I got the respect of the students. Until, I mean, literally shortly right after releasing that book, I went from a fairly new um, professor or instructor at that college to being the director of education at that college never would have got there if it wasn't for writing the book yeah i was i've heard that uh, when i started into this industry like you either need a doctorate uh, a phd or you need to write a book to get the credibility <laughs> so, right. so you I, i've gone the book route myself too uh, i'm not ruling out the phd someday but uh, the book was a whole lot easier to get going you know you work with a lot of different groups of people Jay, and with each group, could you tell us why personal branding is important to that group? We've got a variety of different listeners, uh, college students, young professionals, mid-level managers, and executives. Let's start with the, the younger 
uh, group of college students. They're just coming out of high school. They're not quite into the work world yet. Why is personal branding important to them? Sure. Let's start with what personal branding is because yes. personal branding gets a bad reputation. People hear the word branding and they usually think of some guru or something. It's, it's not that. If you think of it just at its core, all branding is, is your reputation. Yep. So everybody has a reputation. Therefore, everybody has a brand. Therefore, a brand is very important. So when you are in school and you're preparing yourself for the, the workforce, you don't realize how your brand is affecting your grades, how your brand is affecting your relationship with your colleagues or your professors. Those are relationships you'll have for the rest of your life. So if you do it right and you develop your soft skills, if you develop yourself as a person, you'll gain friends, like I said, that you'll have for life. And you'll also gain the influence of those professors. Now, those professors, professors came from an industry. And if you're looking to get into that industry, those professors probably have contacts. They're more likely to refer somebody that they like, somebody that they believe in. And if they see you doing that and taking those steps while you're in the school, they know you're going to do that while you're in the workforce. So it's very important for students to start developing their reputation right then and there, right before they go to, to the workforce. And then the last thing for that too is it doesn't hurt your grades. Your teachers are going to be more <laughs> lenient on people they like. So they're going to think to themselves, hey, you know, this person knows what they're talking about. Obviously they meant this. And so your, your reputation really applies to everything you do, especially as a student. So true. So like social skills to be likable. I know it sounds like Wow, that seems so woo-woo, but really it is so true. And I learned that through school. I think my daughter has learned it as well in uh, high school. Like she just got in really close with the teachers. If she didn't understand something, she raised her hand. She came up after class, asked for extra credit. That likability factor wins you over. And it does, it, it uh, can transfer into the work world. Oh, absolutely. Even in the entertainment industry, it was funny. There, there was always a term in Nashville um, whether or not the person would be a good hang. And all that meant was, <laughs> are you a good person to be around? And will we enjoy having you as part of our team? And if so, we can teach you the stuff you need to know. <laughs> Love it. How about young professionals just starting out in their career? You shared already at the outset of the podcast of how um, they're, they're just, they have a job, but they're thinking about a career. How does personal branding apply best to young professionals? Sure. Let's start with the ones that are in a corporation. So the ones that are choosing the traditional route of joining a corporation, trying to work their way up, it's important for them to, for the same thing, soft skills. So you develop your soft skills. Know, be aware of yourself and what other people are thinking about you. So for example, your, your supervisor or your boss may tell you, yes, I have an open door policy. That does not mean you should go into that door anytime you want. <laughs> you, you have to start thinking, okay, is this a good time for that person? Are they in the middle of their month end financials? Will they be bothering them if I went in now? So there's times that you can address that same person and they're going to give you a different response. So if you know that, and if you take that into consideration, they'll think more highly of you versus the person that barges in at that time. Now you could be you might not be as talented as that person who barged in, but you just raised yourself to that same level by utilizing soft skills. So I think that's important, first of all. And then it's important to- Yeah, emotional the, intelligence, it sounds like. <laughs> right. 
And then that uh, social awareness, that's social awareness. <laughs> it's key. Imagine that you have to know something. You have to be aware of the, the actions that you're taking, but then you have to take some initiative to learn the software that you need to, to do the job. And all my biggest thing, when people come to me and say, I want to be promoted, you know, this, there's a management position open. I want to be considered for my first question is always, well, what have you done? What have you done for yourself? And they look at me like, what do you mean? Well, this position requires that you know how to use this scheduling software. Do you know how to use it? Well, no. Okay, well, this position requires that you are able to do X, Y, and Z. Can you do that? No. Well, those are the things you need to take the initiative on before you go to that job interview or before you put your name in the hat. So you want to learn that, you know, just pick somebody, pick anybody on the team you know, pick a number of different people and use them. A mentor doesn't have to be formal. You don't have to have a formal name said, this is your, your, your guide from now on, you know, go to somebody who's already in the position you want and say, look, I know you have to use the software. Would you mind if I shadowed you on Tuesday when you do your scheduling, who's going to say no to you? Nobody's going to say no. Everybody wants right. to help somebody. Right. So you go and you shadow that person and now not only are you learning the software, you're developing the relationship. So then when you put your name in the hat and the, the hiring manager then turns to their team and says, hey, have any of you worked with so-and-so? They're going to say, oh, yeah, he comes in and he shadows me every Tuesday. He's a great guy. Oh, okay. Well, now, again, your brand is helping you versus hurting you. So it's definitely important for the entry-level workers as well. Mm-hmm. How about uh, now they have gotten into their first leadership position or management supervisory position? Why is a personal brand important? Well, leadership is definitely more than a title. I'm sure we've all heard that at one point or another. So if you want to develop a team that meets and exceeds your client's expectations or your, your metrics, it seems like in leadership, your role is to drive metrics. It seems like every meeting you have there's a number attached to that meeting and are we meeting and exceeding a goal? And most people don't really understand that until they sit in that chair. There's a lot of pressure on leaders to reach metrics or meet goals. So once you understand that, it requires your team. It's their effort that helps you meet those goals, not your efforts. You can't do it on your own. You're not the one in the field. You're not the one that's going to help the production. So it's your skills leading your team that's going to make it so whether or not you succeed or not. So just like having the soft skills looking up to leadership, you have to have soft skills looking down to your team. Oh, yeah. And you have to be the one to be able to guide them and understand what they're going through and take on their challenges and, and also just listen to their ideas. You know, innovation comes from the front line, not from the top. So it's the people who are down in the field working who are trying to find easier ways of doing their job. And that helps you. So taking all these things into consideration is why it's necessary. But there's definitely, we're talking about branding within an organization. We're not talking about what people typically think. People typically think, oh, I have a logo, so I'm now branded. Or <laughs> I, I have a website, so I have, you know, I have an advertisement. Those things are part of branding, but they are not branding. Branding, again, is developing your reputation. So it's all about your reputation. If you're a leader, you're building your reputation as a leader. 
You're giving your team reasons to follow you, but you're backing it up with substance. You're giving them value just as much as you need value from them. Let's say the there's an entrepreneur listening today, and I would think they would want to stand out from the crowd to so that people would buy their product or service. But there might be someone listening today, Jay, that's content with blending in. What would you tell that person about, about why personal branding is still important? Well, we always say there's campers and climbers. So your camper is the person who's satisfied in their position. They don't want to move up. They're good. And they're happy. Well, they still need soft skills. They still need to be able to talk to their team yeah. or to talk to different departments. They still need to have a good reputation. They still go up for their annual reviews. They still are up for annual raises based on those reviews. Sometimes they do the whole 360 review and they get judged by their peers or by their supervision. So there's definitely ways that they have to worry about branding themselves. Good stuff. Well, we're going to be headed to a break here in just a moment. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can follow me, Paul Casey, on Twitter. It's at GrowingFWD, Growing Forward. And you can follow Jay, Jay Franzi. He's at Jay Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-E. When we come back, I'm going to ask Jay about our online or social media presence and how that applies to personal branding. We'll be right back. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back. Talking with Jay Franzi about personal branding. And when I think about branding, I often think about social media and our online presence. I'm sure it could be a danger zone or an accelerator for one's personal brand, right, Jay? How do you coach your clients to excel in the social media world? It's funny, now that I'm out of the corporate world directly, it seems like most of my clients come to me because of social media. 
they want to find some way of standing out and mm-hmm. making a presence for themselves. And it's important. It couldn't be more important than anything else right now, but it's not the be all and end all. So we have to understand why we're using it, what we're using it for. And we have to establish goals before we move into it. So what is the goal of utilizing the social media? You know, it's otherwise it's a time suck. It's a waste of time. If you don't have a purpose, then you're just going in circles. Absolutely. So any tips or uh, tricks that you would say, or maybe it's uh, landmines to avoid when you think about your personal brand and social media? We've seen a lot of people uh, shoot themselves in the foot. Yes. No. Uh, the biggest tip to me, and I think this is important for everybody who has any sort of presence. You have to have your own personal website first. That is your spot. You own it. Nobody can take it away from you. And it is how you develop your brand. You start with, like we mentioned earlier, it could be a logo. It could be a font. It could be color schemes, but you develop your image. It's no different than a actor picking out the right wardrobe for a scene. It's you're picking out an image for yourself, the way you want to be seen by the public. Once you develop how you want to be seen by the public, you put that website together and it is your calling card. That is your home where you want to drive people to. Then we can worry about the different types of social media and we have to have a purpose for those. So we, we think first, what is it that we're trying to get out of this? So let's start with what most people do at the end and how do we want to monetize our, our podcast or our show or our book or ourselves as a, as a coach or a mentor or some sort of, you know, service related um, direction. So we start there. What do we want to do? All right. Now, if we say I want to land more coaching clients or I want to land more, you know, I'm a graphic artist and I want to land more work. So we start finding out where our clientele is going to live. Where do they live? So if you are a coach who wants to teach leadership development, there's a good chance that you're your tribe, your people live on LinkedIn. And if they live on LinkedIn, you want to start there. I'm not saying you don't, you exclude all other platforms, but start with one and build from there because one can be overwhelming. I mean, if you're doing it correctly, there's a lot of steps that go into it. So start with say LinkedIn, you optimize your profile. Again, think of it like your website you put a header up there that matches the color scheme and the fonts and the logo of your website. You put up a professional photograph, you come up with a tagline that meets a a standard. And that's typically a three-step standard, you know, who you are, what you do and how you do it. And you put those things together, you write out, you know, you get, I think it's a thousand characters for your summary, utilize all thousand characters. You get to write a description for all of your jobs There's a systematic way of putting that description together. And once you optimize your page, then engage with the community. It's not about, you know, my page is here, so they will come, or my page is here, so somebody will hire me now. No, you still have to develop the relationships. And when you think about it, just because it's online doesn't mean that that relationship is a sales pitch or is, you know, hey, here I am, look at me, this is what I do. You would never walk into a room of strangers yelling, hey, here I am. This is what I do. (laughs) So LinkedIn or any other social media platform is the same way. Here I am. Let me get to know you. Hey, one person at a time. 
hey, nice to meet you, you know, and introduce yourself and you introduce yourself to the next person and you find ways of adding value to those people. Then when somebody needs you, you'll be top of mind for them. You're not going to get a sale or a client instantly. These are relationships you have to develop and work over time. Oh, that was, that was a great LinkedIn primer right there for sure. Uh, and there are people out there that say, Hey, I'm here. <laughs> I get those every day. Do you get those I too, get Jay? Hundreds of those messages. <laughs> it's crazy. Man. They have not added value to me first. They have not my, developed a relationship with me first. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> is when they contact me and, Oh, you're amazing. I love you. This is great. And what do you do? Well, did you read a single piece of, of data that was on my site? No? Okay. Well. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> yeah. And when I teach networking, I do that as well. I say, you got to add value first. You know, we serve first and then that's going to boomerang back around eventually, but don't go in with a take, take, take mentality. Go with a give. Absolutely. Well, on your website, jfranzi.com, I'll put a little plug for you there. Uh, You mentioned how uh, communication is the key to the world, getting to know you and your message, the value that you bring to the world. And I would say the average person really struggles with public speaking. And, you know, most of us are humble people and we struggle with self-promotion. So how do we get past those hurdles? All right. There's three pieces there. Yes. Communication is the key to everything. No matter what you do, no matter what position you're in, communication is key. So if you're working up to uh, some sort of supervision or leadership, how you communicate to them, keeping them informed, those things are critical. If you're the leadership yourself, how you communicate down to your team, also critical. You cannot communicate or you cannot have a team not communicate to them and expect results. You have to communicate. You have to tell them what what the initiative is, why we're doing this, not just what it is, but why it is. So, Hey, we're going to go meet with this client today, but before we go in, let's just discuss our, our game plan, our plan of attack. This client is upset and they are upset because of the turnover here at the site. So when we go in there, let's talk to them about what we're going to do to address their concern. We're not going to go in there and say, hey, you know, if we put in this new piece of equipment, you wouldn't need this over here. No, because they don't care about that right now. They want their problem solved. So communication. Then, um, I'm sorry, what was the next? Public speaking. Public Public speaking. speaking. There you go. Public speaking. We've we've all heard the term fake it till you make it, right? And (laughs) I'm not the biggest fan of that, but it does have its purpose. And to me, I think if you can initially fake being a good speaker, you know, try to take it in small chunks, take a minute in a meeting. And when you, when it's your turn to speak, stand up, you know, if you just by the act of standing up, you draw everybody's attention and you might not want the attention, but you draw everybody's attention to you. It takes them away from, you know, checking the email on their phone or whatever else they were doing to get themselves through that meeting. So just the act of standing up, When you speak, speak to the furthest person in the room. So that way your voice is more confident and it's clear to everybody in the room and nobody's going to miss the message. So there's a ton of public speaking tricks we could use, but eventually that becomes second nature. And eventually you just know, okay, this is a large room. This is what I have to do. This is a small room. This is how I I can handle it. So just depending on the room size, the, the crowd, the type of 
Is it a formal um, speech or a formal get together or is it informal? And that's going to tell you how you're going to act or what you can wear. You know, pick the clothing to fit the environment and it's going to make you feel more comfortable. The more comfortable you are, the more you're going to be able to stand up in front of a room of people and project that furthest person in the room. And point three was? Self-promotion. Talk, talk to us about that because I've got a lot of clients that like, yeah, my organization, they want us to do that. But boy, I feel very uncomfortable with that. Yeah, self-promotion is one of those things that I don't think anybody really likes doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some people might say they do, but I don't think they do. I think to me, if you can get somebody else to be your champion, you're yeah. better off. Mm-hmm. So I had a very good opportunity in my life. I worked for a guy named Jeff Jordan and Jeff was the upper level management VP of an organization. And it was Jeff that promoted me. It was Jeff that brought my name up at senior leadership meetings. And if it wasn't for Jeff, my name would have never been brought up when it came time for them to have an opening at their table. So when that opening came, they turned to Jeff and they said, do you think Jay could handle this? And Jeff said, absolutely, I do. So they called me up and they brought me in. And next thing you know, my career went from, you know, a mid-level manager to a senior level manager overnight. And if it wasn't for having somebody else be my champion, that wouldn't have happened. But if we take that a step further, how did, you know, why is it that Jeff was promoting me? And that's because I was promoting myself to Jeff. I was utilizing those soft skills. I was taking into consideration his time and I was trying to take things off of his plate. So I was worrying about promoting myself by doing those type of things. Now I do also have a website and I put websites together for people. So obviously I'm not too ashamed of promoting myself too much. So (laughs) I, I have a website, I have a podcast, I've put out books. These are things that I've done to develop my brand. And I think they're, absolutely important. So if we go back to myself teaching at that school, I didn't know it at the time, but putting that book together earned me so much credibility and gave me the opportunity to become the director of education at that school. Never would have happened without the book. And that book is a perfect example of what self-promotion is. So when I entered the leadership world, that was part of my, my roadmap. Okay. I know that having a book helps. I know that having a website helps. So I put the website together. I wrote a book. I promoted that. And that is the type of self-promotion that I feel is necessary. Absolutely. And yeah, let's talk podcast and books. So I really enjoyed uh, appearing on your podcast, Franzi and Friends. What's your goal with the podcast? Uh, Sort of your flow or agenda of that? And what do you hope listeners gain from listening in each week? Because there's probably somebody out there that's like, I've always wanted to start a podcast. And your goal might be different than somebody else's goal. But Jay, what's your goal with the podcast? Well, sure. We put the podcast together originally because we had our Wednesday night meetings. So Mm -hmm. our Wednesday night meetings when we were offering this assistance to people and then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, our Wednesday night meetings had to stop. Mm. So the team, the people asked if we could do it virtually. So we did just like this. We created Zoom calls. And we were doing it virtually. And eventually we said, well, why don't we just go and record it for the rest of the team that can't make it? Because in our world in security, 
people were working 24 seven, there was always somebody who was unable to make it. Mm-hmm. So we recorded it. And then eventually we said, well, let's go ahead and release this as a podcast. And on the very first episode that we released, we had uh, a television producer in Las Vegas of all places reach out to us and ask if we would go ahead and do this in a visual manner on their television set. And then they were going to try to market and sell it. So we said, sure. But again, because of COVID and the situation, that never ended up being able to happen. So we ended up turning it into a video podcast. And that's what we do now. We do a live show where you appeared and we take leaders from all industries and we try to find out what their secrets are. And so that people listening can develop some sort of skill set for themselves and maybe take a nugget from one show and a nugget from the other and start to develop themselves as a, as a leader and find a way to market themselves. So that was the, the, where the podcast came from. And that's kind of what the goal is, is to offer secrets and tips and tricks to anybody who would like to move up in their career or even as a person. That's awesome. That's the podcast. And then books. So you have, I think your most recent book is Ideas, the Ideas of Leadership. And uh, just really briefly, can you take us through IDEAS and why that are, why those, why you narrowed it down to those five concepts for leadership? Because it fits into the acronym. (laughs) Really? The Q didn't quite fit. (laughs) (laughs) The, that particular book came, came together with my co-host Mindy Joe Regal. And um, we wanted to, we've both written books apart from each other solo and we wanted to do something together. She's delightful, by the way. (laughs) I could not possibly meet anybody who's got more joy in their body. I know. That girl is always happy. So, and so she balances me. I'm, I'm even all the time and she's way (laughs) up here all the time. So no, she's fantastic. And we wanted to do something together. We've known each other for years. I mean, years. When I worked in the entertainment industry, she was a country music artist. And that's Mm. how I met her as I produced her record for her. And then just like anybody else over time, she's, she's developed, she went on, got her MBA, and then she went on and got her uh, master's in education. And she's now teaching as well. And she's a personal brand strategist and she coaches people in developing their career. So we work together and we decided we we're going to put this book together and we wanted to do a leadership book. We write, we do a podcast about leadership. We're developing future leaders. So we put together the ideas of leadership. And it's basically a book that helps anybody who would like to learn more about soft skills and what they can do to apply those soft skills and tells a few stories and helps people through it. And I'll just share one of the stories with you, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. I had a intern when I was teaching at the, the college, I was teaching in Nashville. So as you can imagine in Nashville, I was on music row and all of the recording studios were surrounding us. So I could see probably one of the biggest recording studios in in the world was sharing the parking lot with us outside of my classroom. And one day I was talking to my students and I was saying how important internships are. And again, basically how to develop your reputation. And I had one, I had a group of students, I think it was five of them, went over to the studio next door and they got an internship. So those five students were over there. And then the next day I had one come back to me and say, I don't think I'm going to continue on. And when I asked why, he said, well, the other guys are, they're, they're over there playing PlayStation and they're playing games and they, 
you know, sweep the floors and stuff when everybody's done and then they go home. And he says, I don't want to do that. I said, well, why do you have to do that? And he looked at me perplexed and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, why, why do you feel like you have to do that? And he, he just, I said, why can't you just take, we give you a laptop, we give you the Pro Tools software, we give you the things that the industry uses. He goes, well, they're not going to let me work on a project. I said, you don't have to. So I said, one of your jobs is what? And he says, well, I answer the door, I answer the phones at the front desk. I said, okay, so next time you're sitting at the front desk, open up your laptop, pull up a project you're working on, and work on a school project or anything you can do to show that you have some sort of skill that applies to this industry you're looking to work in, that you're not just the receptionist, that you are an actual engineer. He said, okay. So he did that and he did it for a, a few weeks and nothing. It's not like somebody walked in the door and said, oh, look, you are an engineer. We're going to hire you. So it, it took weeks of him doing this, but nothing really happened. And one night he was working the overnight shift and all of the musicians went home for the day. Everything closed down. And he was just looking around for something to do. And he noticed in the room, the walls were being painted during the day. And about halfway down the, the wall, the person stopped because it was five o'clock. They went home. So he was bored. He picked up a paintbrush and he finished painting the wall. <laughs> and as he was painting the wall, the owner of the studio and the chief engineer of that studio walked through and said goodnight to him. And he said goodnight. And the engineer left. There was nothing to it. But the next day, that engineer walked up to the studio manager and said, hey, how did you get the painter to stay so late last night? <laughs> and he goes, what are you talking about? The painter left before I did. He goes, well, somebody was here painting last night and finished the wall. So they figured out who it was. And when he realized it was the intern, he asked that intern if he wanted to sit in on one of his sessions. And he said, absolutely. So he went in and he sat in on one of the sessions. Now, this is one of the biggest producers and engineers in the world working on these major records. And now this, this student is being able to sit in on the session. And when he was in on that session, he didn't just sit there and watch. He noticed when somebody's microphone stand needed to be adjusted or when somebody needed something. And he went out and he ran and he did these things. He made himself valuable. So that, that producer then asked him if he wanted to be his assistant. So he went from being an unpaid intern to a $300 a session assistant overnight, all because he painted a wall. So it's, these things are what you make of them. So he could have easily sat there and played PlayStation and that guy would have walked right by him. Yep. So yes, there's definitely ways you can make yourself stand out. Stand out. I love it. Well, give us the, give us the acronym of IDEAS. Uh, just rattle through those. We want them to buy your book. So don't go into too much detail on it. <laughs> no. Ideas. Um, matter of fact, there it is. There it is. The book. The you ideas can't see of leadership. It's a, it's you can't a podcast, see it through, you... <laughs> through the podcast here, but yes. I'm holding the book. It's got a beautiful cover and it says Mindy Joe Regal on the bottom. <laughs> so, nice to share uh, the credit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, innovation, developments, engagement, action, and sincerity. Mm. You probably had to sort through a whole bunch of great leadership words to get down. How to those many five. eyes do I have to go through? <laughs> Innovation, I N. All right, we can work with that one. All right, <laughs> development. Oh, that makes sense. 
the one that gets me is sincerity. How do we work that in here? Mindy's like, mm-hmm. no, sincerity. We, I, she came up with that one. She's like, I got that one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you get to do some group coaching today of all the listeners, Jay. So if our listeners want to get started on the personal branding journey, how do you want to encourage them to grow forward? Ooh, um, I would encourage anybody. I know we say start with a passion. And I think it's more than a passion because you can start with a passion and not go anywhere because your passion may not be of any value to anybody else. So you got to understand what your passion is and see if there is a way to make something out of that passion. If there is, fantastic. But if there isn't, then let's go ahead and work on a career that you can learn to love and that you can put your energy into that might support your passion. So start with your passion, identify what your passion is, and then never stop trying to make yourself stand out. Never stop working. Never stop. I've never stopped thinking. There's not a moment of my day that goes by that I'm not trying to think of something to tie two things together or one way to make a website better or <laughs> one way to, you know, what the next book is going to be or so on. So start hey, with your passion and identify a plan of action. That is so good. And you said if you don't have a passion in what you're doing right now, uh, find a way to love it. What tips would you give someone? Uh, who's in that boat today, feeling a little bit stuck. Uh, maybe their eyes are on the horizon. Maybe they want to start, start their own side hustle someday. But right now, they need to be fully present in their job. What would you say to those folks? Sure, that's easy. I worked in the entertainment industry first because I had an absolute passion for it. Still do it to this day. I love making records. This is absolutely amazing to me. <laughs> so that's very easy. I can make records. I'm passionate about it. Everybody likes going to the Grammy Awards and getting some sort of award or some sort of recognition for their work in something that everybody loves. However, when I went into security, I never thought to myself, oh, I can't wait for the security awards. Can't wait to be recognized for my customer service. But you start to realize that the, the, the foundation of it is the same thing. And I'm passionate now about that process, about those things. It doesn't have to be you know, glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. It's the passion is about the, the process. It's those, the same things, those same processes apply to every industry. Finding joy in the journey. Super. Well, last two questions. What of your services do you want to promote for our listeners, personal leadership development? And then how can our GFT listeners best contact you? Sure. No, thank you. Um, you can contact me at jfranzi.com, J-A-Y-F-R-A-N-Z-E.com. And if I basically coach and mentor people. So if you have any desire to have somebody assist you with getting to that next step, and that could be anything from career development, they could be putting your podcast together, it could be writing a book, anything that it takes to develop your brand, your reputation, and get to that next step, I'd be happy to help you. Appreciate you, Jay. Thanks for adding value on the Grow Forward Today podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. So I have some takeaways from Jay today that maybe you also had. There was so much good stuff. I'm going to try to limit it to three. And one of those is never stop working on your soft skills. Be likable. Uh, As Jay would say in the entertainment industry, be a good hang because that's going to have you take note people are going to take notice of people that are likable and they're going to want to give business to those that they like and trust. 
A second one was find a mentor in the position that you want to be at and ask that person if you could shadow them, take them to lunch, uh, figure out a way that you can learn from that person because they've already been there. And 99% of the time, they're not going to say, no, you can't do that. They're going to be helpful uh, in to your career journey. And when you get a chance, also, that's that's up to us, too. We have to turn around and try to mentor someone once we've reached a new uh, plateau in our lives. And the third thing is, it goes back to Jay's story, the guy who picked up the paintbrush, you know, make yourself available, add value, give more than taking. And from that, others are going to be a champion of you. I think of a, it's a verse somewhere in the Bible where it says, uh, let another person praise you, not your own lips. And that's, it just reminds me of that where find other people to be a champion. So you don't have to be self-promoting. You're going to have that, that natural boomerang effect happen by giving and leading with that first. Well, the GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. Remember, if you learn something and don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until you lose their value to your life. So thank you for listening to episode three. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other achiever friends in your life who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well first before you can lead your team well. Until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.